0: Hey, Dylan Kelly here, host of the Wave Break podcast. Excited to get into this episode, but first, here's a quick word from our sponsor. If you're looking to grow your business, there's only one way, and that is by building real quality customer relationships. Most marketing software will claim they do this, but they never deliver on their promises. And you need to demand more from your marketing software. And that's where Clavio comes in. Clavio helps you build meaningful customer relationships by listening and understanding cues from your customers, allowing you to easily turn that information into valuable marketing messages. And that's why 10,000 innovative brands, including all of our clients at Wavebreak, have switched to Clavio. Now, what's the secret to building those customer relationships? Tune in to Clavio's Beyond Black Friday docu series to find out and unlock exact marketing strategies you can use to keep momentum going all year round. Just head over to slash beyond BF for more. Link is going to be down in the show notes below. Welcome back everybody to another episode of the Wavebreak podcast. It's great to be back with another episode. I'm your host Dylan Kelly, the founder of Wavebreak. And if you're new here at Wavebreak, we help e-commerce stores stop leaking revenue with done-for-you email marketing. And I want to go into a little bit of a a quick story time. So recently, I've been working really hard at cutting down distractions. Closing down email, closing down Slack, closing all my extra tabs. And just working, even getting rid of music with lyrics in it, if it's not something that's just like, you know, super monotonous. And that's because when I'm focused, I produce better work and I get more stuff done. Like the less I have to do, the better I can do it and the better results I get. And that's because we can't do everything. There's only so much time in the day. And email marketing is usually one of those things. Even though it's important, it just becomes one of those things that you don't have time to do, and it's often neglected and just left on the back burner to sit and you know collect dust or whatever. You send out a campaign here and there, or maybe you're just sending out you know campaigns internally that are just okay, and you feel like they could be better. And that's just because. Email is time consuming and not a priority. And it gets to this point where it's like you're treading water instead of making actual progress with your email. And that's why I put together the e-commerce email success checklist. So it's super simple. All you do is download this checklist. It's literally like a, a, a whole list of a page of things and go through it. It's super simple. It's not complicated. And then in less than five minutes, you just go through and check the boxes. You'll know exactly what you need to do to increase your email revenue. So think of the 80-20. This checklist is going to show you the simple things you can do in your email marketing to unlock six to seven figures of additional revenue per year. So you just go through... Go through the checklist and see, okay, I'm missing this. And then you can focus and you can do focus on those few little things that you're missing and do them better and just work through one at a time, slowly but surely and produce results. And you can get that checklist at emailsuccesschecklist.com. And that's email checklist. com, And if you're interested in having somebody do that for you and execute that for you, you can check out what we do at WaveBreak.co. We have some new case studies up. Go check them out and show some love. And you can see in this checklist and in our case studies, I mean, we pretty much give away our exact process on our website for everything we do. So if you want to go check that out, it's at WaveBreak.co. Also linked up down in the show notes below. Um, But anyway... Definitely go check that out if you haven't already. Link is going to be down in the show notes as well, like I said. And if you're enjoying the podcast, subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. And give it a rating and review. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, I read every single one. And I just I just love seeing the positive feedback. And I really appreciate it. And it keeps me going. And so... Every week on the show, I interview the people behind the top Shopify stores, and I get them to share their secrets, and today is no different. I'm talking with Grant Siegel from Tsunami Click, and he does conversion rate optimization for some really awesome e-commerce brands, and he just speaks about it from a perspective that's really unique compared to a lot of the other people. And um, basically, what he reveals in this episode is the number one e-commerce conversion killer and how to fix it. And he drops a ton of other nuggets and just like value bombs along the way. So you're going to want to listen to the whole thing. And honestly, you're not going to want to stop as soon as you get into it. It's one of those episodes that just really gets your brain moving and gets you thinking about your business and doing things. And just like, you're going to come out of this episode with a ton of ideas for how to improve your business this year before Black Friday hits. So... Without further ado, let's hop right into it. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Grant. Oh, thanks for having me, Dylan. It's
1: exciting. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm excited <laughs> to I'm excited to talk. I mean, we were just already talking for like I think like almost thirty minutes before the call. Um yeah. <laughs> but it's um I mean it's it's always fun talking with you. And so mm-hmm. I'm excited to have you on the show. And just to get started, for the people who don't know who you are, what's your story and like how did you get into this business?
1: Oh, this is uh this is a long time in the making. Actually, my background is in healthcare, and I was a pharmacist for a long time. And I was looking to get out of it and get into the digital space because I always, I always ran like oh, back in the '90s, used to run AdSense sites where you just like throw traffic at. You could just throw stupid traffic at a website, and people would click on the ads, and you would make, you know. You know, a dollar, two dollars an ad, but, you know, the AdSense revenue went away, you know, once it got, you know, Google started figuring out that, you know, those sites are terrible. So we got to we got to improve our search engine process. And, you know, I went through a couple stages of running some businesses where I did some consulting and I got into, you know, doing some pay-per-click and some Facebook um, or not Facebook, uh, I'm sorry, uh, other lead gen sites and, uh, decided, oh, I want to get into some, something new that's up and coming. And, um, I've been working with a fellow named John Logar. He's kind of a guy that launches consultants and consulting practices. And if you ever run into him, he's a super smart, switched on dude. And, uh, I'd recommend, and if anybody needs Help with their business. I'm going to give him a little plug, but anyway, yeah, he helped me launch this agency, Tsunami Click, which is you know we're just focused on one thing only, and it's increasing the conversions for you know websites and the things of that nature.
0: Nice, love it. I, I I'm the same way. Like a wave break, we do one thing, just email. That's it for e-commerce companies. And I don't yeah. know how any other company does email and other things. It's just like conversion optimization, just because it's so intricate and there's so much that goes into it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's an art, it's an art form. And I tell you what, it's, it's one of those things where you can start learning conversion optimization. And I, I, it's almost like you're playing the piano, you've got (laughs) to, you got to keep track of the bass, the treble clef, you know, I used to be a musician too. And, you know, how your music fits in with the whole scheme of things. Well, conversion optimization, it's its the same thing. You got visitors coming to the site. You got to worry about, okay, why are they leaving? Why are they coming? Why are they going? Why aren't they buying? You know, is my design good? Is it easy to navigate? You have all these other things. And the copy's got to be good too to convert people into sales. So it's its not something you can just pick up by reading blog posts here and there, you know.
0: Yeah, Totally.
1: And so, like,
0: speaking of that, like, so, so many people who are listening to this podcast, um, I mean, like, obviously they listen to this episode for a reason and they're interested in, you know, finding out how they can increase their conversions. Like, everybody always, I even had a client ask me recently, like, Dylan, like, can you tell me, like, what are other people's stores converting at? Like, cause I, I, I don't know about mine. Like, I don't know what I could be doing to increase conversions. Like, like just like from an overall perspective, like what do you think is like one of the top mistakes um, or, or problems that you see clients making before they start working with you when it comes to their conversion rate optimization and just like conversions?
1: Uh, geez, I'd say the number one thing is uh, it sounds stupid, but they don't do it at all, or they just try it haphazardly. Um, and it's it's a it's a thing you have to focus on continually. It's not, yeah, you might get a quick win here and there if you buy some software you know, oh, I'm going to try this conversion optimization deal. Sounds like fun. You know, I think we can really juice our revenue. But um, it's more than just that. I, I see people, you know, they buy the tools, they get stuck, they try a few experiments, doesn't work out. Um, you know, it's it's not something you can just pick up that easily. And And one of the biggest mistakes is they focus on too many things that are just won't move the needle for their, for for their particular company. Um, you know, there's a lot of things you can focus on other than like, you know, little design elements, you know, everybody wants to change the button color. They want to change the size of the font, test things like that. But um, you know, we're talking about making, you know, changes to your business that can have a huge impact. And, you know, the first thing they want to try is, oh, I want to split test a a blue button versus a green button and, and getting started with things like that. I mean, it's fun to test that stuff, but at the end of the day, is that really going to move the needle on your company? I don't think so. So yeah, that's, that's kind of my take on it, you know? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) no, it's
0: the same with, with, with what I see with email. It's like people don't do enough, but if you apply that to for example like let's say you're trying to lose some weight like if you just work out once a month or here or there like it's not going to work like to get results you got to be consistent um you yeah. got to eat right yeah. you got to you know exercise often you got to do the right thing not just once like one day isn't going to you know make you <laughs> look like <Yeah. laughs> i don't know Arnold Schwarzenegger or something but uh <laughs> if you can get
1: work- Get swallowed with that testosterone though. Right. (laughs) Right. But like but no, what
0: you're saying is so true. And so like what is not being consistent with optimizing for conversions? Like what are the pains associated with that and like what is this costing e-commerce retailers?
1: Uh I'd say the biggest thing you gotta be worried about is your competition is may or may not be doing this, but you have a chance to figure out why why people are coming to your site and not buying. And if you're not like one part of optimization is figuring out why people are rejecting you or why they're not buying from you right at this moment. Because you know, a vast majority of people come to your site, yeah, they're browsers, they're just checking you out, seeing what you're up to. Maybe they've never had a you know an inkling to buy from you at all. Just, you know, oh, I saw the site looks interesting. So, you know, most of those visitors are gonna go away. And if you don't have a mechanism to capture those people so they'll come back, well, you've just spent money on advertising and it's out the window. And then uh what I see the biggest mistake is people don't focus on their their uh hi- their hyper responsive, you know, people that you know are, oh, I love this company, I want to spend more money with this company. You know, this is this is this is my favorite type of company. I love, you know, let's say it's a clothing store. I love the clothing from this people, you know. I and people get so caught up in converting every stinking visitor that comes to the site that that they never had a inkling to buy from you in the first place. Um, you know, and you're neglecting the guy that's willing to spend five, $10,000 a year with you, you know? Um, you know, if you can, if you can learn to, to nurture those super customers, um, man, you can really grow a business, you know, cause that's, you know, it's like, what is it like 5% of your customers will generate 95% of your revenue. I mean, I think that's the way it tilts nowadays. It used to be 80, 20, but now it seems like it's 595. If you ask most people, that's why conversion rates are so low, you know?
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Like speaking of conversion yeah. rates, like what do you say? Like what's the average conversion rate for like, you know, an unoptimized store and then like, what could it be with optimization?
1: Uh, it's, it's different in every industry, but a lot of the guys we work with, like we've got people selling eyeglasses to, you know, dresses and and whatnot. Um, you'd be surprised that some of these guys are doing millions of dollars a year off a half a percent conversion rate you know that's because they're driving tremendous traffic to the store and and you know you got to realize a lot of that is is repeat traffic um because you know they have loyal buyers um but you know after about a year you know you can see your conversion rate tick up you know on uh, some cases 50% in some cases 75% so if you're doing a half percent uh i've got an example in my mind uh we got a guy you know, doing about $4 million a year. Uh, we got them up to like 0.79% after like three or four months. And then we got them almost to another, oh, what was it, 0.9% after about a year. And that's 0.5% initially? Yeah, it, doesn't, it doesn't sound like much, but, you know, it's when you're running that much traffic through it, it's really substantial, you know? Right, and you doubled their yeah.
0: conversion rate basically, which is like you, do, you well, get double... Yeah, almost yeah and you like pretty much that should mean like double revenue right
1: yeah i mean it doesn't always uh work out that way but yeah it's it's all in the analytics we can pull it up and say here here's what we're doing but it's an incremental type of thing i mean you get some big wins you know you like you'll do some stuff that you know stuff that'll affect the whole site you know, don't get me wrong. There's going to be stuff that only affects certain pages or certain categories or certain, you know, but there's certain changes you can do that, that really move the needle. Um, especially when you get into like shopping carts, you know, um, if your shopping cart is, is wonky and it sucks, it's hard to check out and you piss people off. Well, you know, there's one reason you're not converting, you know, and people don't even look at things like that. They don't consider that, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's changes like that that make the checkout process smooth. I mean, you really have an advantage over your 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 uh, your competitors. You know, um, not making things a hassle to buy. Not you know, you know, even in even coming down to like. This is just my take on business as a whole. If you have if you make it hard to deal biz do business with the, with a the company, I don't even deal with them anymore. You know, if I have to go through jump through hoops to order a product online, I'm so impatient anymore. I'll just look for someone else that has a better shopping cart or just go to Amazon and see if they have it, you know. That you're you're actually competing against Amazon in e-commerce. So, right. and Walmart now cuz Walmart's coming up and they're trying to take Amazon's uh market share. So, um you know, you got to deliver uh, a unique experience and an easy shopping experience. You know, this doesn't even have to do with optimization. I'm going to go off on a little bit of a rant here, but if you make it hard to buy, hard to contact your organization if you have a problem, you know, why would I go back to you? You know, it's, 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 uh, it just comes down to, you know, people want to be, want their order, they want it processed, they want it processed fast, they want it sent to their house, no problems, you know. And if you're, if you got friction in any part of that chain, you're going to lose out. So, um, it's it's one of those things where people kinda of get lost. They think, ah, oh, these are just numbers coming through. But these are actual people that are ordering from you. And they like to hear that they're, you know, oh, we like doing business with you. Thank you for buying from us when you could have bought from Amazon, you know, or you know, that sort of thing. So that's my little tangent there. So No, <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love yeah. that a lot.
0: And um like the thing with that too is people when they buy like with reducing friction like i think a lot of times like as a store owner it can be scary it's like i don't want to put like support front and center like the last thing i want is another support email yeah um but the thing with that is like all it is is checking a box in the customer's mind Mm -hmm. like they're not necessarily going to use the money back guarantee they're not necessarily going to use the customer support but they just want to know it's there and it makes them feel good Mm -hmm. and they're like okay i know that if something goes wrong, then there's a way for me to fix it. Yeah. But, I mean, if your, your e-commerce business is polished and if it's an established company doing, you know, over 50K a month, like, it's, mm-hmm. you're, you're probably going to be fine. Um, but just by adding that, things like that, like, have you noticed that? Like, one of my clients, I know, like, their conversion rate increased dramatically by making their site, uh, quote, unquote, quote, uglier mm-hmm. uh, by just filling it with text. They filled it with text, and like apparently, people, um, some of their friends in the design industry were like, "Oh man, that is, that is very ugly." Yeah, and they're like, "Well, it converts to double what our old site did."
1: Yeah, it's like, what? <laughs> Have you noticed anything like that? Well, I mean, there's cases of like, you know, companies that do a major redesign, and it looks pretty, it looks slick, and it looks polished, but it doesn't convert. I mean, I think there's a famous one with Adidas. Um, there's a case study about. How they did a redesign like a few years back and it dropped their sales. I was like, it's something like twenty percent or something ridiculous. They had to go back to the old site just because it was hard. It was wonky. It's hard to, you know, place an order. Um, and yeah, design does impact uh, the way people perceive uh, the way you do things. In fact, I just thought of, a, I just thought of a case study. Um, we just finished this week. We wrapped up with one of our e-commerce retailers. Uh, we changed the header design of the website and he's going to, just by making a simple change to the header, I'm not going to say what it is, uh, but I'll give you a hint. It's, uh, uh trust elements. So you guys look up trust elements and you can get an idea what that means. Uh put some trust elements in your in your header because what's the first thing people see when they come to your website? It's the top half of the web page. And you put those trust elements up there. And for this particular um retailer, uh it's gonna mean a two hundred thousand dollar increase in revenue over the course of the year. So uh just by adding a few sentences to the header, you know, that's the kind of impact you can you can make you know, on a high traffic website, you know, and even if you're not a high traffic website, start thinking about ways to gain trust of people who've never visited your site before. Um, You know, you got testimonials, don't hide them, you know, make those known, you know, you got people out there that are like, ah, should I do business with this guy, put your trust elements, you know, near the top of the fold, don't, don't waste the whole thing with a, a picture of, you know, whatever is one of your shoes. You know, it's, it's, it's the most valuable real estate on the page is the upper fold of your website. So, uh, use it wisely. You know, that's a little bit of advice I can give you.
0: Yeah, no, it's so funny you say that. Cause like I was just on a website the other day and like their main sort of like header image section, like didn't even have a call to action on it. And it was just like, I, I forget what it was saying, but it was just like, here's a thing. Um, like it wasn't even a product they sold. It was just like, here's an event we did. Yeah or something and i'm like um hmm okay uh (laughs) things like that like things like that it's just like okay like i uh, yeah anyway we could go on on a tangent talking about that forever but like okay so now that we've kind of talked about like the problems and the pains associated with this and like Mm -hmm. things people are doing wrong like what is your system or like your framework or your thought process for like overcoming these things
1: uh well The first thing is your organization. If you're going to do this on your own, you have to commit to it. It's just like anything. You have to commit to the process. And it's going to be, you know, when you first start any project, it's going to be tough to, you know, get started. Uh, You really need to have a team approach. I mean, there's going to be someone that's going to have to do the development part of it, you know, because you're making changes to the website. So you got to have a a decent dev person on staff. you got to have someone that understands a little bit about, you know, testing, A-B testing and statistical analysis. I mean, you don't have to get into hardcore calculus, but it's like the tools pretty much calculate everything for you, but someone that has a, a decent feel for it. And then, you know, it's you have to commit to, you know, doing a couple tests. You know, if you start out doing a couple tests every month, letting them run to the conclusion, see what's working, see what's not, and then continue to improve and learn the process, learn it on your own. If you have time for that, I don't know. Some people do, some people don't. Uh, or hire someone to do it or hire an agency. I mean, you don't have to hire us. There's plenty of people out there, but, or you learn it on your own. Um, but it's not something that you can just do piecemeal. I mean, don't even do it if you're going to do it piecemeal. Cause you could re- you could actually hurt your conversion rates. Um, uh, you know, you, you run some, some tests and you don't know what you're doing, you know, because, uh, it's uh, just make sure you take a good course. I mean, there's a couple good courses on Udemy, um, you know, about conversion optimization. You can learn the basics. Uh, I'll give a shout to, uh, what is it? Conversion XL has another suite of courses that are real excellent, um, you know, and you can consult with conversion optimizers on Facebook. There's a bunch of groups or you can just talk to me and ask me questions. You know, I'll give out my email at the end of this, but, you know, it's, it's uh, just, you just commit to the process and you'll reap the rewards over time. That's the beauty of it, because you're gonna learn a lot about your customers. You're gonna learn about what they like to buy from you, what they don't like to buy from you, how they like to buy from you, you know, why aren't they buying from you? I mean it's it's really it's business intelligence is what it boils down to, I think.
0: Nice. And mm. so how long should like somebody initially commit to? Like are they committing to like, okay, let's do ninety days of testing? Are they committing mm. to a year, two years?
1: Well what does that look like? For the people we work with, I mean, there's there's never an end to testing because uh, I would say a good if you're just starting to learn the ropes, I think you need to commit at least three to six months of doing at least you know three to four tests a month if you have the traffic for it. If you're a low traffic site, this isn't going to be a high yield activity for you. You need to you probably need to figure out a way to increase your sales um, and other methods. And maybe work on, you know, uh, because the tests are going to take too long to run uh, conversion right. optimization because you need us. And like when
0: you say smaller site, like like what site, sites over X threshold, like what is the threshold that should be like, you know, implementing this plan?
1: Uh, I mean, realistically, I think you could start about 10,000 visitors a month. Um, but like when we work with clients, we like to see them at least you know, to get our testing done in a relatively short period of time. What I mean like that is like two to three weeks. We like to have tests complete. Uh, 20,000 visitors a month is probably our lower limit We'll will work. Now we can work with, you know, less traffic sites. But, you know, testing takes longer. It might take a month to get, uh, you know, to statist- statistical significance. I can never say the word statistical. So there I go, screwing it up again. <laughs> the, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so... If you're in a lower, you know, lower end of that spectrum, maybe you're only getting a couple hundred visitors, 200 visitors, 300 visitors a month. This is probably not a high-yield activity for you right now. Um, this is something you would want to, uh, you know, you maybe learn about, you know, copywriting. Learn about, you know, how to make your ads convert better, you know, that sort of thing. And then landing page elements, you could learn, you know, you could read up on that. But to do hardcore A-B testing, it's it's not going to work because you don't have enough traffic. You don't have enough interactions with the – you know, and a lot of those tools like the landing page software or even like the e-commerce tools, they have some uh, A-B testing uh, stuff built in already or you can just add it on. I think Shopify even has a little bit of that like a module or you can use Google Optimize. Uh, it's a free tool. But uh, – it's, it doesn't seem like it's the best use of your time. If you're only getting, you know, a thousand, two thousand bucks a month out of your site in revenue or a couple hundred visitors a month, you know, it just depends on what you're selling too. But yeah, that's, that's, uh, you know, we like to work with people that are getting at least 20,000 a month to answer your question succinctly. <clears throat> Got it. Yeah. Got it. And like, it, it seems like once
0: you pass that, at least this is what it is from the email side like it's the same with me right like once you kind of like pass that threshold from like you know like i need traffic to like okay i've mastered traffic and i have my like primary source of traffic whether it's facebook ads or organic or whatever it is it's like you get, to the, you get to that tipping point and now it's just like a no-brainer because you're literally throwing away money by not optimizing your site. You're throwing away money by not running email. Right, um, right yeah. Which is like, you can't, like, don't lie to yourself like, oh, I don't need this or I want to wait because that money's in your site already. Mm-hmm. You just have to do the work. And the reality is your team isn't big enough for you to do the work and you're not going to be able to dedicate the resources. I mean, think about how many times you've said, I'm going to do X and that just fell off the back burner because there's so many other things that come up.
1: And yeah, so yeah, yeah, completely agree with what you're saying. I think one of the simplest thing you can do is if you're having trouble converting, talk to your customers like I know this sounds weird. This is 2019, but call a couple of them up that order from you. They have to put in their phone number. Hey, call the guy up. Hey, what do you think of the site? You know, uh, maybe give them a $5 Amazon coupon or, you know, code just to talk on the phone for 10 minutes. You'll get some valuable insight from people that order from you. And, you know, maybe you've got people that abandon the shopping cart and they put their phone number in. How about calling them back and saying, hey, why didn't you order from me? And you're going to get a lot of valuable information from just doing that. I know it's kind of old school. People don't like to pick up the phones nowadays and talk to people, but um, you'll get a lot of of interesting feedback. And then another simple thing they can do is if, you know, get a hot jar, get one of those tools that Pops up a little survey now and then, you know, and put some pointed questions in there. Like, what are you looking for today? Did you find what you were looking for? It's like almost when you go to the grocery store, you go to a retail store. Why did you stop in today? You know, did you find what you needed? You know, when when you check out, they're asking you, a human is asking you, did you find what you needed? Because maybe you couldn't find it and we'll help you find it. Ask those types of questions to people that come to your store. And the people that are sincerely interested in buying from you they're going to love that because it's like, oh, you're asking for my feedback. I know a lot of people can't be bothered, obviously, but you'll get a, you'll get some people that will respond and that'll help you with, uh, your store. You know, if you can figure out, well, what am I doing wrong here? Why, why didn't they buy from me? You know, why did they buy from me? Those are valuable questions that you can, you can glean some information from and maybe make your site perform better. Yeah, totally. And then, the, I mean, it's, it's, I do that too. I, I, when I get clients, I, you know, this is a high-touch business. I'm always making sure we're doing we're doing well. You know, what can I do to improve? What can I do to make this service better? And I get feedback. You guys should be doing the same thing. All you e-commerce folks out there, you know, these are real people buying products from you. And I know you get that, but sometimes that gets lost in the whole digital age that, you know, people want. To have a good experience, they want to buy stuff and they want it to be hassle-free. So, there I am on my soapbox again. (laughs) No, I love it.
0: I mean, if you think about it, like so many people
1: are probably like, oh, I don't
0: have time or I'm afraid of, you know, what if I'm interrupting them? What if they get mad? You know, all these stories start running through your head. But like, if you think about it, your competition is thinking the same thing and then they're not taking action. So, there's your thing that you've been missing. Right. And you're like, how can I want up my competition? Just talk to your customers and then deliver a better solution that solves the real problem and just like make everything simple. Like, you're not gonna, so many e commerce store owners just wanna copy their competition. Like, they look at their competition's website and they're like, just give me that um, or whatever. And that's yeah. totally the wrong way to approach it. You're going in backwards and you're always gonna be a step behind. But if you start forwards, and you talk to your customers, no matter how hard they might be, no matter how annoying they might be. Like, I- I've seen customers support emails. You know, I, I know they get crazy. Um, <laughs> but listen, yeah. call some of those crazy people <laughs> up. Um, they might give you some really <laughs> valuable feedback that's going to change your business. I mean, you look at Amazon and these big companies who are really dominating right now. What do they do? They talk to their customers all the time. Um, and they're very mm-hmm. people focused. And it just... I and Why? Because it works. That's it.
1: Yeah, and then and then you also find out things like, well, you know, I tried to put this in the shopping cart and I got this error message. Well, okay, if you don't have a webmaster, right. who's going to tell and you that's that, been broken you know? for two years
0: yeah. or like something like who yeah. even knows? <laughs>
1: yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Or, or I tried to use the coupon code and then didn't work. And then if you're not if you're not real good about looking at your analytics. Uh, Or you don't have someone on your team, you know, for you smaller guys out there, uh, you may never discover that that coupon code didn't work or, you know, the code or, you know, some line in the code is messing up your site or breaking the site and, you know, stopping a transaction, Uh, you know. And then other people might tell you, hey, why does the site take so long to load? You know, I'm out here in Timbuktu and I only have three, you know, I only get five, what is it, megabits per second. I can't get the site to load. Maybe you you got a page... Page weight issues, you know, you know, you, you, that's why you get all this information. You know, you, it, it's it's surveying and polling and asking, and I know it's a pain in the butt, but you know, it really it really does help when you're first getting started to figure out, oh, these, why isn't my site converting? And maybe they don't have a particular product they're looking for. Maybe you can start adding that to your your site. I don't, it's it's, you know, there's so many things you can do while you're in the growth stage if you can't afford to use you know, uh, you know, optimization as a, uh, you know, uh, a modality to grow your, you know, grow your revenue. So a lot of things you can do. Don't feel like, oh, I'm left out because I can't compete with the big boys. Well, you know, the big boys don't always do this stuff. You know, you got to be more nimble and you got to be able to uh, figure out where they're missing, where the holes are, why, you know, what, what you're, what you're, what you can do that where they're, what they're not doing, you know, the
0: big boys, I mean, they're lazy and they're slow. They, they don't want to try new things because what's working for them is still working. Um, and that's your advantage too. Like Also, if you're the founder of this e-commerce business... If you give somebody a call, like if the like if the company who, for example, sold me my boots, if they give me a phone call and it's like, hey, you know, my name's Steve. I'm the founder of Steve's boot company. I just call in. it's like, whoa, no way, dude. I love these boots. Like, wait, the founder of the company's taking his time to talk to me. Like, I think that should be your action step today. Like, if you take away one like the one thing you can do from this podcast, put this on your to-do list this week. This episode drops on a Monday. But on your to do list or we just black out thirty minutes and just say I'm gonna call one person. Just call one person. If you get an answer, talk to them. If you don't, don't talk to them. Dial the next person, and then from there you'll get the momentum to you know fill up that whole thirty minute block. And just talk. One of those conversations could be extremely valuable for your business. It could easily be the most valuable thing you do like all year long based on what you uncover. Do you have anything you would add to that?
1: No, I think that's great advice. And you know you don't have to spend a ton of time doing this. I mean, you know once you get enough. Responses. You know, we look for a certain number of responses when we're doing optimization campaigns. From, you know, when we evaluate, okay, what's wrong with the store? What are people telling us? We only look for once we get like a hundred to two hundred responses, we stop it. You know, because you get a wide variety of complaints and praise, and you know what elements might need to be fixed. So. But, you know, this is something – if you do it periodically throughout the year, maybe once a quarter, maybe, you know, every six months, I think it's a good idea. You know, because like I said, there's always new competitors cropping up. Maybe they're doing something, you know, better than you are and you can figure out why. Oh, why, why, are they sell, why are they outselling us now? You know, that's – it's all business intelligence you can make actionable. You know, you can take action on and, you know, it's like – yeah. I remember, I remember the story. I'm kind of old. I'm a little bit older than you guys, but or you at least. And it, I, I remember a story about a guy who owned a. He owned a street. What do you one of those? What are those things called? Uh, he started out with a a little shopping, not a shopping cart, what do they call those things where they like sell hot dogs and, you know, jewelry from kiosk or whatever. It was oh, like,
0: yeah, yeah, like a mall kiosk or like a street cart or something?
1: Yeah, something like that. And he he eventually grew to be like one of the largest, he was a Chinese man, and he grew, grew this business to be one of the largest street cart uh, uh, things, I don't know what you call it, enterprises in the world. Um, and his secret was he said that he would pay people to complain he was like people were afraid to complain to him. and He always wanted to know how to improve his business. So he would offer people a discount. Hey, if you tell me what's wrong with my store or my food or whatever heck he was selling. I, know, I think it was food. Um, I'll give you a discount on your food today, you know. So people would, you know, you know a lot of times they come up with, you know, BS or just to get the discount. But he would get legitimate claims and improve his service and his product just based on what people would tell him, you know, not, uh, you know, trying to figure and guess on his own you know, what, what, what's wrong with my, my service and my company, you know, people would give him feedback and he would use that to propel his business forward, you know, later on making it better, you know, and, uh, I always thought that was kind of neat, you know, I I'm not suggesting you do that, but it's just kind of, it gives you an insight to how one man took all those complaints and turned them into something great. So it's, it's, uh, it's uh, sort of inspirational. It's kind of corny, but yeah, I, I always like that story. <laughs> No, I love that story. I think if you're not making improvements,
0: especially in this day and age, like if you're not getting better across all areas of your business, like you're going to fall behind because the reality is somebody out there is way more committed and they're going to do everything that it takes. And I'm not saying go and drain and waste all your energy on all these things, but it just means like you don't have to, like you were saying, you don't have to spend a bunch of time doing this. But like if you haven't talked to a customer on the phone ever, do it. If you haven't talked to a customer on the phone this year, do it. I mean, it only takes 30 minutes and then from there you can kind of sift through their responses and see, you know, what's good, what's bad from there and just go from there. But like that's one little thing you can do to just really, um, you know, gain a new perspective and to move the needle without spending like moving the needle isn't doing the stuff that takes eight hours a day. Like it's that it's like, you know, the deep thinking work, like, for example, like Jeff Bezos, like. He's not doing, you know, he's not the guy writing the code on Amazon.com anymore. (laughs) Um, He's steering the ship and that's what's really making the money. So you got to do that and focus on those things. And so as we wrap up here, Grant, um, like I totally love everything that you said so far. I, I think this is a really interesting perspective on conversion rate optimization and I really love everything you said and completely agree with you like as we wrap up here where can we go to learn more about you and your company and read some of your case studies and you, your writings and you have a podcast and stuff on this like where can we go to learn more about you
1: uh you can go to tsunamiclick.com and for those spelling challenge like myself tsunami is t-s-u-n-a-m-i and then click.com so tsunami click.com and poor choice of domain names but i just like the word tsunami so (laughs) and then i like it i like the wave theme Wave break breaking breaking over and then if you're uh on linkedin you can look me up at you know grant siegel you'll look me up under tsunami click or grant siegel you can connect with me there i'm usually hanging out in one of those two spots or my email address i'm not going to give that out just go to Uh, you know, LinkedIn, you can find me. I don't think I'm set to private or anything. Uh, Those are the two best places to get a hold of me because I don't do a ton of social media. I'm too old for that stuff. I know it's valuable, but I, I can't get into it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just not me. So, yeah. No, that's great. And yeah. and yeah, I'll link up. I'll link that all up in the show notes below. So
0: you can just inside iTunes, um, you just or the uh, the podcast app on your iPhone or whatever. You can just literally scroll down right in the show notes will be the link to it. So you can just click over. Um, yeah, definitely check Grant, Grant out. He That case study you mentioned earlier that you mm-hmm. didn't go into detail on, that's live on your website, right?
1: Oh, the one about the header design? Yes. Um, Is it? I don't believe it's live right now, but okay. I, I can put it up this weekend. I can't. But I there
0: will be. There are some case studies in there that are really in-depth of everything they do. Um, oh, yeah. So, so if you go there. Uh, actually, I'm just going to link that in the show notes, too. Um, yeah. <laughs> I they're don't, really good resources.
1: Yeah. I, I, some of these case studies I can't share because I have non-disclosure agreements. So that's why I'm kind of like not really... You know, forthcoming with a lot of the information. It's not because right. it's a secret, but my clients, uh, you know, it's they're in cutthroat industries. And mm-hmm. some of them don't even like me to know that I'm let the people know that I'm working with them. It's weird. So, oh, wow. it's, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know why that is, but, you know, it's like, okay, sure. I won't You're say your name anywhere. Your
0: secret weapon. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I don't know about that. It's just, you know, they, you know, in e commerce, it's so, competitive there's so many people that sell this that and the other thing and you know if someone gets a leg up they don't like to share you know Mm -hmm. it's and it's not i'm not saying that we're like the gods of conversion rate optimization we're good but you know there's there's a lot of people out there that do a great job and i think we do a great job but you know it's like once you find someone good you don't want your your competitors to find out i think is what it is um
0: yeah totally i'm trying that's awesome though
1: yeah, and I'm trying not to sound like a, a douche, you know. But it's it's uh, it's it's just some people are that way. They're just oh, I want to hold things close to my vest. Don't put my stuff out there on the web, you know. So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. All right, I know I, my business is the yeah. same way. Like our yeah. case studies are all anonymous, and it's just like yeah, all right, okay, yeah. it's fine. But yeah. we're crushing it. Let us just say that. Um, yeah. but that's awesome. <laughs> I love that. I can relate. But um, but yeah, if you guys resonated with anything that Grant said, I'm going to link up to everything he, um, all of the resources he mentioned down in the description of the show in the show notes. And yeah, thanks so much for coming on the show, Grant. Really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, this was fun. Uh, hopefully we'll do it again uh, six months a year down the road, but whatever. It's fun. And I like talking about this stuff. And yeah, we'll, we'll wrap it up here. And uh, once again, thanks and have a great one.
0: Now, listener, before I sign off, stop me if this sounds familiar. Your email marketing is stuck. You feel like you could be doing email better. You're not generating enough email revenue, and you feel like you're leaving money on the table. But you don't have the time to figure email out yourself or or do it on your own because you have a business to run. Imagine this. Imagine not having to worry about leaving money on the table with your email marketing. Imagine not having to figure out what to send, when to send it, how many emails should look, what automation you need, what segments you need, how often you should be contacting your email list or just worrying about sending the next email. You don't have to worry about any of that. Imagine having peace of mind knowing that your email marketing is generating sales in good hands. At Wavebreak, we help Shopify stores maximize their email marketing revenue. That's it. We don't do anything else. And we've created a system called the Wavebreak Method that, number one, makes you less dependent on Facebook or other marketing channels. So let's say something bad happens. Facebook says, see you later, Shopify store. And they just completely kill your ad traffic overnight. You, you don't have to worry. You don't have to stress because you're good to go because you have a cushion of email revenue. You don't have to worry about how, or, or, <laughs> what your wife is going to do or if you're going to be able to make rent or if you're going to be able to pay people because you have this cushion of email revenue to rely on. Number two, the second thing this does is huge. And it's how stores scale from seven figures to eight figures uh, to nine figures. And the secret is repeat purchases. The Waybreak method gets rid of one-time buyers and increases repeat orders. Number three, it keeps your email list engaged. You don't have to worry about Black Friday and beyond. We'll figure out the ideal amount of times that your list needs to be contacted to maximize revenue, and then we'll execute it for you. If you want to learn more about this system and how we can work together to apply it to your business, go to wavebreak.co to schedule a call with me. And I'll personally send you my calendar link and we can chat one-on-one. Now, I don't have unlimited time to do these calls. I can only do a couple of them per week. So if you want to get your call, uh, go sign up at wavebreak.co for it as soon as possible and we can talk about how we can work together. Thanks for listening to this episode. Subscribe to the show on iTunes to get notified of new episodes as soon as they drop.